0: Detroit has a cancer. The cancer is crying. We need a self sufficient law enforcement robot. How long will it take? We can go to prototype within 90 days. Where are you from? Petro South? Welcome to hell. All units, all
1: units, sector 9. Better alive, you're coming with me. Ah!
0: Be a bad mother. man. This guy is really good. Half machine. Hobo cop. What is he? He's a cyborg, you idiot. All hero. What
1: are your prime directives? Protect the innocent. Let the woman go or there will be trouble. Uphold the law. You are under arrest. What is this shit? Justice. An upgrade. Looking for me? Your move, Cree Robocop. Thank you for your cooperation. Good night.
0: What's shaken? We're back, back with a brand new episode of Let's Watch It Again. And this time, uh, I, I, have a, I have a brand new um, guest to this this podcast. I have the super talented and lovely Dom Griffin. Welcome to the podcast. Ah, oh, thanks for having me, man. So... You know, obviously, you know, I was doing a little research, a little, a little poaching, if you will, when I did those, um, the truth in this art, and I was like, oh, I gotta have Dom on one of these eventually, and here you are. So, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, happy to be here. We're we're doing RoboCop, uh, and I I I want to start off by talking about um, the the introducing the movie for those who haven't seen it. It's not the it's not the bad one. You know what I mean? It's not the 2014 one, which we we'll, we'll, we might talk about that a little bit, I think but it, um. Yeah. Where, like, when was the last time you saw this movie before I get into the um, whole intro? So I rewatched it yesterday, but Mm -hmm. before that, I don't think I'd seen it for the last
1: like five or 10 years, maybe? Yeah. Um, I've seen, that's not true. I think I maybe caught like a couple of scenes on like HBO randomly or something like that, but I never, I hadn't watched all the way through in a long time.
0: Yeah. um, This is probably a movie that I watched a lot as a kid, and I, I tend to. I remember movies very well and I kind of rewatch mm-hmm. it like in a more critical sort of way to pick up certain things. This is one of the rare movies that I can watch multiple times and it never feels old for me. There's you know, I rewatched it today. There was one little part where I was like, I'm gonna skip this because I, I don't care about this scene at all. But um for the most part, I was like, get to the thing that I'm looking for. And um but you know, watch all but five minutes of the movie and it's something that I dig. So for those who are undipped, unfamiliar with Robocop, here's the thing. In a violent, near apocalyptic Detroit, an evil corporation, Omni Consumer Products, wins a contract from the city government to privatize the police force. Uh, to test their crime eradicating cyborgs, the company <laughs> leads street cop Alex Murphy into an armed confrontation with crime lord Boddicker. <laughs> So, they use his body to support this, their untested Robocop prototype. Uh, But when Robocop learns of the company's nefarious plans, he turns on his master's Robocop. I don't know. What's
1: killer about this movie is that, like, (laughs) uh, I I, I pulled up the Wikipedia when I was watching it just to, like, uh, remember certain details, whatever. And I forgot that it's like, oh, this is like a sci fi thing. This is supposed to be the future. Watching it today, you're just like, yeah, this is all pretty fucking, this could happen. Yes. There's not a single thing that happens in, in RoboCop where I'm like, that's far-fetched. I'm like, no, I, this, is, this is all pretty
0: dead on. And, and the thing that's funny about it, when you hear private police, like we had the thing in Baltimore about private police, I was like, look, I remember I was ranting and all of my rants are pop culture related. I was like, you got fuckers walking around like Bane from The Dark Knight Rises and they were like, what, excuse me? I was like, here's a picture. They're like, oh, they were all wearing that. I was like, I know. They really are dressed like the, the Fire Rises you know like <laughs> i like, got like, here so um also I, I read that this movie's supposed to be set in the future from the date it was released it was a 1987 mm-hmm. release it's supposed to be set mm-hmm. 91 which is What's a weird I mean, choice
1: <laughs> it's weird because it's like i like sci-fi that's like the near future like this is like right outside your door it's almost here uh and it obviously does feel very 80s and very early 90s in a way yeah. but um not watching it This I mean watching it in 2022 you're like mm, none of this is like none of this feels like the f- this is just like we're here yo like I, there's not any there's not a single element of the movie where I was like
0: you know oh they were wrong they didn't they didn't predict this I'm like no this is pretty fucking good yeah um so I, I want to get into some of the stats on the movie um and I want to talk about uh just some of our, our introductory kind of feelings about it and watching it with that that history so mm-hmm. From from your standpoint, like what are what are maybe three words that you would use to like either describe it or how it's been described to you? Like when you read about RoboCop and oral and oral histories and such, what's what's that through line? What always pops up?
1: I think that like RoboCop is like a deeply cynical movie. Yes, but like not in an offputting way. Uh, I think about the fact that it's really it was really prescient. Um, but like. <sighs> okay, you know how there's certain movies that have, like, an actual powerful, like, political message or, like, interesting uh, social um, commentary and stuff like that? And this is mm-hmm. definitely one of those movies. But it's also just fucking rad. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like RoboCop is a movie where you're like, oh, yeah, I could sit and talk to you for, like, hours about its themes and what it means and all this different stuff. But also, there's just, like, a robot cop and he just murks the shit out of people. You know what I mean? Like, it's... it's there's, a, there's a very, like, baseline... Um, visceral thing about robocop where it's like you get into it and you're like oh yeah fuck yeah this is just like just like the man and all this different stuff and like all of the <laughs> criminals working with corporations and then he pops out and is like spinning the gun in his hand and stuff like that as a kid that's all i remember you know what i mean like when i was a kid robocop did not seem like an r-rated no <laughs> uh political sci-fi thriller it was just cool like robocop is cool yes. So it was fun for me watching it this time and like being really, really keyed into all the like themes and stuff, but also just the child in me being like, fuck your <laughs> <laughs> Um god.
0: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> i like it's it's the same thing for me um and you 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 hear other things in it um about like corporate power obviously you touched on that um there's a war on drugs kind of thing, especially in that that scene where you know he steps on i guess they're crack vials or what have you <laughs> yeah, in the, in the yeah, show yeah. they really pan to his fucking foot foot too um masculinity and authority and how that stuff works um humanity and death uh so you know that that's there and the dude that's responsible or credited for being as responsible the ed Newmyer dude or what have you he hated his job so he was like an executive i believe so that's probably where some of that comes from of like nah screw this this stinks
1: yeah it's crazy to me that like Newmyer did this and then he collabed with uh verhoven later on starship troopers which is another they, one of my favorites bo- and both movies have like a real similar they're sharp you know what i mean mm-hmm. like there's something like they they're, they're sharp and they're incisive but they're also like really broad. Do you know what I mean? Like they're both movies that are like, yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff to unpack, but also it's just like, this is so fucking obvious. It's crazy that people don't get it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you talk to people about RoboCop and they're like, oh, I don't see all that stuff. I'm like, are you an idiot? It's like, this is not a subtle movie. <laughs> um, you, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it, like whatever media literacy <laughs> test you could have for people would just be like, what do you think about Starship Troopers? This is, if you can't figure this out, you should leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I, I love I love the fact that the movie is so pulpy and like uh-huh. just violent and brutal and stuff. And but it's also like human. It's also really funny. It's like a really funny movie. It's got an amazing cast. Like, I love movies that have really good uh, character actor casts. Yeah. Just like the, like any movie that has more than three, it's that guy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where you're like, oh, shit, that's three Wise. Oh, shit, it's Kurt Smith, you know? <laughs> um, every every person in this movie is like a that
0: guy kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's so good. Robocop is so good. Sorry. <laughs> so so I want to throw these in there real quick. So this is a July 17, 1987 release. So it's 35th anniversary. Um, other movies that came out that were new that week that came out against it. It's, it's not good. Jaws 4, The Revenge i forgot that it was the fourth it's not, it's not great uh also that was in the theaters during this time was another movie that's going to be reviewed very soon i think uh predator which is oh, mm-hmm. just hyper masculinity it's just biceps and oil uh beverly hills cop 2 and mm. uh dragnet and uh revenge of the nerds uh two nerds in paradise which is one of my um one of my wait favorites. dragnet
1: with tom hanks yes
0: that could be 87 an yeah and Full metal jacket as well is-
1: I don't know why i think of that as being like an early 90s movie that's weird
0: okay that actually uh shocked me so here's one of the stats for a movie this violent because the violence is one of the things that sticks out because there's a. Uh... You know, as we were talking a little bit before we got started, if you look at the director's cut versus the theatrical cut, they're both 103 minutes in terms of runtime, but there are different angles in that director's cut that are much more brutal. So, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, one of the major stats in a movie like this, the body count. Where, where would you say this body count is at? What, what number would you throw out off the top of your head? Oh,
1: if I had to guess how many people, how many people die or how many people RoboCop kill specifically? Uh, how many people die? uh it's like 40 maybe Am I 30, really off? 30, 34 you're, you're very close okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks robo <laughs> it feels really fucking dumb that i was like that close to it um but you can sort of i, I mean for one thing uh this movie is shorter than a lot of other hyperviolent movies so there's less yeah. time for people to die and it's actually pretty
0: uh what's the death contained. per minute <laughs>
1: Well, it's pretty contained, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's never a scene where, some, like, some modern movies, like, the kill counts are fucked up because you're like, oh, yeah, there's a scene where they they blow up a truck that has 50 people. And, you know what I mean? But all the deaths here are pretty, like, uh, I don't want to say it's more intimate because that's not really quite true. But, like, every time someone dies, it's like, I know that guy died. I, yeah, yeah. That guy just ate shit just right there. Whereas some some violent movies nowadays are just, like, such indiscriminate carnage that you're like, a lot of people could have died in that scene. Like a lot of even, the, superhero like the superhero movies. Even superhero movies, yeah, where you're <laughs> like, oh, but is the whole city fucking dead? <laughs> Robocop really is just like someone points and that fucker's head explodes you know what I mean like it's just you
0: bam you bam one of the things that is in there that I don't think it gets a lot of credit for I was on this arc of watching there's a lot of I think uh Korean maybe Japanese as well movies that have this revenge theme right and this is a revenge movie as well because oh, he yeah. hunts these fuckers down like once he real oh you're the ones that did it I right, cool um it's 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 also very um
1: there's like this cycle of cruelty in the movie, which is that like, I mean, uh, not. To, it's kind of hard to unpack like the propaganda side of all this different stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But like, there's um, the way the cops are displayed at first is like the cops aren't crazy violent. Yeah, like they're as violent as they have to be because of oh my God, these criminals are like super criminals. You know what I mean? Like Clarence Boddicker is not like a regular crime person. He's kind of like a Batman villain. You know what I mean? We will talk about him. (laughs) He's a bit much, you know? But like, I I feel like once, uh, once, you know, Pure Wells character dies and comes back as Robocop, he's like inflicting the specific kind of violence they inflicted on him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of why the director's cut with the extra shots of of like the blood and, and stuff is necessary because... Him getting his hand shut off, and then him throwing the dude through glass later is like whatever. But when you see the way his hand explodes, in the director's cut, and you see yeah. the way he shoots them back and stuff, it's it's a lot more specifically like an eye for an eye kind of violence. So I think that that level yeah. of carnage
0: and that level of um, messiness is really important. And there's and, and and I had this for later, but I at least want to throw it in because you're, you're you're mentioning it. The there there is this full circle ness there too, where if you look at how in the beginning, um, I have a funny observation about that. But then, towards the beginning of the movie, when Joe Cox is Joe Coxing it up, and he like punches Anne and she falls and doesn't die, the same thing happens to him. And that, and when when Clarence is thrown through the frigging glass or what have you, also the full circleness of it, where they killed Murphy or what have you, th- that's the same place where they end up getting killed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there there is a sort of like a. I can't really speak to it, but I know Verhoeven's films have a lot of, like, his opinions about like religion and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and about, like, Jesus and Christianity and everything. And, like, I know there's sort of a side to that, that like, that stuff always kind of comes out in his movies. Like, specifically with, like, like the way Robocop is, like, resurrected and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, like, uh, I remember I was kind of tired when I watched it, but I was like, oh, and he's stabbed with the big metal thing. It's kind of yeah. like the spirit of, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. stuff like
0: that. And I was like, Oh, man, this guy's doing a lot He's, he's for getting... a movie about a robot cop because <laughs> because you know and i think this thing is in there we'll, we'll talk about it. i think it's coming up next in these uh these i have it i have it called 10 things about trivia um oh, but i okay. want to throw this in there so the budget for this movie was just short of 14 million and uh the box office was about 53. so a different time yeah and that's that is using the the, the movie math generally speaking if you make three times what it costs you're getting a sequel that's oh, kind of, course, of what yeah. happens lot. Um, it's diminishing after that. Those next two. The second one is, is funny because of the old man. Behave yourselves. And then you had friggin weird Japanese stuff in the third one that's just much maligned and just trash.
1: Yeah, both of those movies to me are like a blur. I know I've seen them both, but I don't remember a fucking thing about them at all.
0: There is a Japanese guy. The third one is the Frank Miller one that Peter yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The, the second one, it has that kid who's like a gangster and it's kind of great actually and it has the whole drug storyline with using nuke and tom noonan as the villain yeah, I might have to run those back. I forgot Tom Noonan was in one of them. That's like must see now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so here's ten things about trivia. Um, the screenplay was offered to rejected by in virtu- in a, in a virtually every by virtually every big director in Hollywood before Verhoeven uh, got a hold of it. He threw it away after reading uh, the first pages, convinced that it was just a dumb action movie. His wife uh, Mar- Martine uh, read it all the way through and convinced him that the story was more layered with many satirical and allegorical allegorical elements leading to verhoven to direct a movie um the robocop suit and i feel like i could use this the robocop suit was very hot and heavy so heavy that uh peter weller would lose three pounds a day from water loss eventually they added an air conditioning unit to the suit
1: the sorts of things that happen to actors in movies like this, it's like I know they get paid a lot, but it's
0: just like what? you couldn't come up with something
1: that wasn't like weird and dehumanizing. It is. just to be not he- fucking real.
0: It had to be super <laughs> heavy too. You're like, because Peter Weller's not a big dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of kind of wiry. And so, so the dude that came in uh, later, who who's the guy that was in the remake? Um, he ended up playing Rick it's Flag. Joel Kinnaman. Right? Yeah, Joel Kinnaman in the remake. Yeah, I think he's like a bigger guy. He's and tall, too. He's like his all stature. Yeah. Um, in Sacramento, California, a robbery suspect fled into a darkened movie theater to escape pursuing police. He became engrossed in the movie, <laughs> which was playing on the screen. So engrossed that he failed to notice the police uh, had evacuated all the other patrons in the theater. When the lights flipped on, the stunned man was taken into custody. There's nothing
1: that says your movie rules more than a guy who like, goes to jail because he was like yo this is tight <laughs> he, you're in the he, middle of, of running from the police and you're like what's going on with this robocop guy
0: he so was a, compelling he was a mill we'll talk about yeah. that guy he he ate a lot of shit in that movie um when in the RoboCop costume, Wella would remain in character between takes, only responding to the di- to director Verhova's instructions uh, when properly addressed as Robo. <laughs> Verhova found oh, it too God. funny I mean... to take seriously. And it was dropped. <laughs> like, come on, let me, be serious. we're we're making a movie called Robocop my friend please stop (laughs) um Ed Neumeier came up with the idea for Robocop after he helped out on the set of Blade Runner 1982 also an anniversary year um which was about cops hunting robots who look like humans in the future intrigued Neumeier uh turned down these turned the scenario into a future where a cop was looking like a robot and would hunt human criminals
1: Hmm. that makes sense
0: but I feel like there's also another big influence on
1: Robocop that he may be left out for legal reasons. it. Please throw it out there. Judge Dredd! Like like, uh, like I don't know if you've ever seen anything about like the the um anyone who worked the 20 AD. They talk about RoboCop like those motherfuckers. Like the whole thing with his mouth, the entire like tone of Robocop yes. the helmet um, <laughs> extremely, extremely Judge Dredd. it's it's what it's what makes the Judge Dredd movie so sad, because you're like, yo, they already did this. They figured yeah. out what Works about these comics and they made it a Robocop.
0: I mean, plus other things too. They you know, out like, them.
1: <laughs> oh, I was inspired by later Motherfucker.
0: <laughs> Come on now. He Lichtenstein that shit. He was like, I'm going to make a copy of a thing, but make it slight yeah, it's mine. So it's like, in mm. the. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't yeah. judge shit like that, but it's like when people will just cop to it, bro.
1: Like, just, just be just, like, yeah. Just say, look, I, I guess. It's it. like, I, I don't know if you remember this, but like when, um, Remember that uh, kids' cartoon Freakazoid? That was on like the WB, yeah. like when we were kids, yeah. and like it's just a humongous ripoff of Michael Allred's Madman comic, yes to the point that like artists who worked on the show told Allred like, "Yeah, dude, we had your books in the fucking writers' <laughs> room." Like, do you it's, remember it's illegal?
0: Do you remember early '90s? Uh, it was a show called was it Ultra Force? Mm-hmm. That is X Men to a T, the animated X, I was like, what is this? Uh,
1: Yeah, a lot of that Malibu stuff was real fucking, real questionable. We're taking
0: this. (laughs) Uh, So the Robocop Robocop, uh, suit was the most expensive item on set. While the price uh, range varies, the producers indicated that they spend anywhere between 500,000 to a million dollars on the suit. That sounds about right. With no air conditioner, though, like ah, fuck. You off. Y'all couldn't put in a fucking carburetor for this thing. Uh Verhoeven admitted that while uh, reading the screenplay for the first time, he had difficulties with American slang, since, since he's Dutch. For instance, he did not understand why African American gang members, so Joe Cox, would call Caucasian, Caucasian members "brother," even though they weren't related. <laughs> that is really funny to me. It's really, really funny. Yeah. Why would he call him that?
1: Like, <laughs> they look different <laughs> for a brief second as you were explaining it i was like did they drop any n-bombs in robocop yo i was trying to, i was trying to picture verhoeven like unpacking that like i
0: thought that was a slur like oh they're reclaiming it okay <laughs> they did they did throw because i the, the the version i watched uh I, I did a similar thing that you described um, earlier and the it, had, it came with subtitles and the subtitles were off by multiple seconds so oh, of course I, yeah. I was skipping ahead and it was one scene that the F-bomb flew out and I was like when did that happen and
1: oh I was, yeah I, I, I remember what scene but I remember it happening and kind of being like oh yep yeah, 80s like yep, mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. I mean I know that look I know that word made it through pop culture for another like 10 or 15 20 years yeah. but like 80s is like prime use oh, of that like, yes like Monster Squad is like a movie for kids, and that where it just flies in there. And you're like, yeah, I mean, that's how these kids would have talked, I guess it's it's hate and wrong, but like I get it
0: it's it's rough. It's there. And I think sometimes these these things as you look back and while recognizing it having that context there and and understanding, like, yeah, this is what was happening at the time. It's not great. and this is but this is indicative of how people probably talked and would this type of person would have talked if they existed in real life, I suppose
1: yeah it's like when people talk about like uh like the inward usage and like Goodfellas I'm like that's how I feel like Italian mobsters would talk about uh, Samuel yes. Jackson if yes. he fell asleep after a heist I think that's just what they'd say
0: yeah that's not too far it's like, what are we out of my way like <laughs> yeah you know it just, that sounds right um so the film was submitted this is a number how many times was it submitted to the MPAA what do you think it's a lot I think it's like five or six
1: or something like that
0: is it more than that 12 times to secure the R rating yeah,
1: because what's funny about that, though, is like, OK, I know that look, the MPA is awful and it's like they hate violence, but like sex is fine or whatever. That's or, like, weird. Violence yeah. is fine, but sex is bad. Like there's, there's, there's a weirdness about what they choose to think is bad. But I have to wonder if it took 12 fucking submissions if Verhoeven was just not be, was just being inflexible. Yeah, yeah. Because after the first pass, you know what they're going to say no to. Do you think he was like, no, I have to have this shot? of his hand exploding. I have to have that. And
0: they're like, "No." And he's i he's like, "Okay, can I have this other shot of this guy's head exploding?" They're like, "Fucking dude, do you not get it?" No. And it's like, "You got to take one of these out because you you look at it like I start thinking cuz there there is a, a scene in here that's very in this movie that's very uh Cronenberg. And yeah, yeah. when you have these Cronenberg things in there, it's like, "Yo, you had too many of these." is what happened. You got to take out a couple like, "Sir, switch it."
1: that's kind of actually why i wanted to watch the theatrical not the director's cut because sometimes i think that like filmmakers will be like no i have to have this explicit thing and i'm like you're generally fine without it like we didn't know we didn't know you shot that this worked yeah you know Um, what i mean some people love getting that extra gore and stuff i mean i like it too sometimes but like
0: it's also if it works without it then it works without it you know i think the i think the previous time that i watched it was only one scene that i knew that you could tell was edited weirdly it was when um clarence got it in the neck i was like nah that's that scene showed his face it didn't just cut away
1: yeah yeah the theatrical you see his his face for that but also it looks like they didn't process it the right way and threw it back into the director's cut so it Mm -hmm. looks a little it doesn't match quite right yeah which makes it more uh like more um distracting but i mean yeah you know it's the violence is helpful. It is necessary for the story, yes. But I'm pretty sure if I watched because I think somewhere they're streaming the unrated X cut. I want to say Ooh. it might be on Prime or something. I don't know if they still do. I was, I was looking for it, and I was like, I don't really want to watch that. I didn't. I didn't. It's like I went back and watched the director's cut for Verhoeven's like uh, Hollow Man. Okay, yeah, yeah. And there's like a really rapey scene that I just didn't remember. It's it's not like great the whole movies. It's very like yeah, that. Yeah. No, no. I mean, that's the purpose of. I, I, I get it. That's what the story is about. But there's one scene that they kept back in where I was like, if you left this scene in, uh, it happens at a point in the story where Kevin Bacon's character is not fully, like, fully a heel. Mm-hmm. Like, you know he's a creep and you can see the power in, in the anonymity getting to him. Yeah. But he's still like, hey, it's this guy's coworkers. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a scene in the director's cut where you're like, yo, I can't watch four more scenes of him palling around with them after this point. It completely changes the tone of the story. You can just cut this out. It says the same thing, you know. That's that's how I feel about director's cuts a lot. It's like, hey, sometimes people shouldn't get fucking edited sometimes. It's not the yeah. worst.
0: Um, so here's a few more things. Um, for the attempted rape scene, um, that's one that stuck with me for the last 35 years. Uh, writer Ed Neumann originally... Um, uh, had RoboCop shoot past the victim's cheek hitting and killing the rapist while getting sh- getting ready to shoot the scene the, as the, the scripted Verhoeven noticed that Donna Keegan's legs were spread apart giving him the idea to have RoboCop shoot the Shoot between her legs and hit the rapist and the generals. Newmyer loved that idea. It was like yes, blue do it it's Dick Why do this? Yeah, this is great. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, It's but, iconic it's such a like uh, important staple, you know, it became a toy and <laughs> Robocop shot that dude in the dick Um the climactic melting man scene, which is which is the Cronenberg scene, in my opinion, um, is uh, uh, with, with a mill um, paid by uh, Paul McCrane, um, melting after being soaked in toxic waste, which is so fucking disgusting. That's the other thing that stuck out with me and stuck with me um, going into an ad- adulthood, was heavily objected by the MPAA, um, and they demanded it be removed. However, they eventually backed down when they found out um, in most test screenings that the scene elicited the most positive response with test audiences and he eventually passed it without any more cuts.
1: What's funny about that scene is, like, it's super unnecessary. It comes from nowhere. Everyone yeah. else just gets shot or stabbed or blown up. And then it's like, you what if we melted this guy? <laughs> what if we just melted this fucking dude? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's very I was I was thinking about how, like, when you mentioned that, you know, Verhoeven didn't want to do the movie. He did the movie. I was about to say, like, yeah, he's like the only person that could have made it. Mm-hmm. But like, Cronenberg could have made RoboCop. Yes. It's, it's suit a body would have had manga. way more holes. Mm-hmm. Like Peter Weller would have had so many orifices. Um, that's the big thing I think that Cronenberg would have been like: "There's not enough holes. He needs like four more pussies." Um, so like <laughs> that would have been different. you know what I mean? But like otherwise, I think um it would have been like, like a similar territory. It wouldn't have been
0: as funny, I think, either. So USBC Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, this is the this is the only thing i'll counter dongles <laughs> the only thing i'll counter with the emil scene or what have you is um I, I think it gives you a suggestion on how bad that part of the city is because the mm. you see the toxic waste sign there prominently, That's true, actually yeah, but yeah. you're right he is the only person that dies in a weird way and in addition he's the only person that's bullied really with the exception of bobby who gets blurb uh, murked off he's bullied the entire movie by fucking clarence
1: yeah, he's sort of. Uh, I don't know what you call this trope, and I don't really care. But like, uh, like Donald Log and Blade, how mm-hmm. like throughout that movie he just gets fucked with. Like, it's it's yes. like an important yeah. trope for movies like this. Yeah, yeah. you got to have that one guy who's like an asshole and is really cocky, and the audience is like, he should get hurt as much as possible.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, while filming uh, Bob's uh, death scene, uh, Miguel Ferrer and uh, Kurtwood Smith began cracking up between. <laughs> <laughs> While directing to see Verhoeven refer to all the actors in character, this meant he addressed the actresses, the play of the prostitutes, as bitches. <laughs> okay, bitches, you have to run out this way. <laughs> That's... Bitches leave is such
1: an iconic fucking line too. Like it's just my girlfriend Corbett's says delivery. that now. <laughs> bitches leave. And he says it so bitchly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, this is sorry. This is this what's in my head. There, there's a when he plucks the uh the grenade off yep. and sets it down. I remember thinking, like, why is he running away from the grenade? Grenades are fast, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they, they set it down, and there's the shot that shows that the grenade has like an analog timer on it, yes. And I was like, this is I'm so glad that they had that there because it was annoying the shit out of me because mm-hmm. I was like, why? Well, grenades do not take 15 seconds to explode I don't think at least that's what movies have taught me yeah, yeah, yeah. why is he walking away so slowly and then I was like oh it's like a digital future Detroit grenade that takes 19 seconds I guess
0: also two two things he fucking sexually licked the the clip the pin, and then after that notice this the care that he takes to close the door that's going to explode in the next few seconds he's like let me gently pull this man's door together I thought I blew his kneecaps off. It's the, it's
1: those little details that make. Clarence Boddicker, such to like iconic fucking character, but I don't. You, we, we can get to that in a little bit, I guess.
0: Um, the scene where Boddicker uh, Boddicker's gang tortures and finally murders Murphy is heavily edited several times to avoid that R- the X rating. Then um, the theatrical version, this is what you were touching on, is clear that Boddicker has blown a, a part of Murphy's right hand off with a shotgun blast, and the mill then blows off uh, his right arm at the shoulder with another shotgun blast, and then explicit gore is limited in those instances. Uh, there is also an extension of two seconds where Boddicker explicitly blows uh Murphy's brains out with a handgun that's taken out um the scene in full um the original dismemberment was one shot was with one headshot was was um um added to the director's cut was restored for yeah home it's video. like
1: I can't imagine it being worse like I know they probably filmed it to be worse but I'm thinking like we get it dude. it's pretty bad and he gets shot we fucking a lot get it
0: he, like that that's funny that that old Detroit vest <laughs> You don't die when you get shot a bunch of times with a shotgun. Uh, Oh God, it was so, so, so brutal. Uh, RoboCop's first directive, uh, serve the public trust is inspired by fortune cookie. Which, That's funny, um, and this is the this is the tenth one, and this is this is really related to the casting. Um, after uh, Weller complained about the costume during the first few days of filming, the role of RoboCop was offered to Lance Hendrickson, who turned it down because of timing conflicts. Um, he was cons- um, he he was also considered for the um, for the title role in Terminator in 1984 before um, before the cyborg was decided to be large and bulky, so Schwarzenegger, and he eventually mm-hmm. played a robot in Aliens. Um, let's see before Weller was cast. Rucker Howards in Conversations. Um, he was another actor that was in line, but Welder won because he was a slender, as you, you know, he's a little wiry, 5'10 uh, five, five, and a half, and had a very expressive face. The face matters.
1: Yeah, is like, who can do this much work with their nose and mouth?
0: <laughs> this was a person... I mean, he's, 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 yeah, his eyes
1: too, I guess, but yeah, like...
0: Yeah, especially when he takes off the... Um, when he's not wearing a helmet, when he's Iron Maning it up for the last, like, yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah, for those
1: parts, his whole face is great, but it's like... I can't, it's It goes back to the Judge Dredd thing. You know what I mean? Like, the Judge Dredd thing is, like, that, the mouth, chin area, and Weller's face is perfect for it. It's yeah. kind of why when they did the remake, I was, like, I had no interest in it because I was just, like, first of all, this looks like actually the future, which is, like, to me, defeats the purpose of what makes the story interesting. Like, it looks like fucking Minority Report. Like, no thank you. Yeah. Um, great movie, but just very different vibe. And then also, like, Joel Kinnaman does, doesn't have, like, that look. And, then, like, the suit looks like Actually looks slender. like an Iron Man costume. It's too like sleek and cool. Yeah. And it's like no, dude, that's not horrifying. <laughs> like if I got killed and I came back as like 2014 RoboCop, I'd be like, this is actually kind of cool. Yeah, this yeah. is an improvement over the human body. um You need like the body horror element. You need like the horrific. You need that uh, visceral imagery that really embodies like why. Look, bringing a a guy back to life and making him a robot cop is, like, fucked up, right? That's not the point, though. The point is, like, this entire system that enables a corporation to turn things into, like, military weapons to give to cops so they can make more money off of, like, uh, arms deals. That's the thing that's grotesque. So you kind of need that physical uh, revulsion. Mm -hmm. If it just looks sleek and cool, it just looks like a, a... like a fucking Raytheon ad, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And it's like that's that kind of like okay, what's the point then?
0: Because the, the response when he goes there into the firing range for the first time, and people are like, oh shit. What what's happening here? And I, I will say props to the makeup work because it was just like, Oh, no, that looks like that's going into the back of his head, the the, the metal or what have you. And in the, the the remake while being, you know, more clean and sleek or what have you, it didn't have the same teeth and you get I get it, you're gonna tone tone down the violence and it shows you that much of a departure. It's 20, I think it's about 27 years after the first one. It shows you mm-hmm. that kind of departure where, oh, no, this is show business now, as opposed to this was a movie yeah, made if you by need a the foreigner. Money to
1: make a, if you need the money to make a RoboCop movie now, you can't do what RoboCop did. No. Not to say that no one is making transgressive movies anymore, necessarily, or like that type of 40-20 pretension ship, but I mean, literally, like I, 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 I've been talking to people a lot this week about like The the Northman, like the new yeah. Robert Eggers movie, the Viking thing. And um, there was an interview with Eggers where he was like, "Yeah, this is the first movie I've ever done where the studio asked me to like do test screenings and I had to like take notes and do re edits." And it's like, "Yeah, it's it's the first time you made a movie that needed nearly a hundred million dollars to produce." What the fuck did you think was going to happen? Yeah, like if if you need to spend a certain amount of money, you have to accept the like corporate uh, control that's going to be there, you know. So like that's kind of what's cool is like back then you could make a RoboCop. It cost fourteen million dollars. There was not an impetus that it had to be hundreds you know like it has to be a huge thing
0: yeah absolutely i want to check one thing to see what that would look like now what is that 14 million dollars now that's a 100 million million dollar movie now oh yeah never mind i I keep forgetting that like how inflation works um (laughs) tell me you don't know shit about money without telling you know shit about money (laughs) that's really Um, (laughs) um so this is I used to com, I used to confuse this dude with Kurtwood Smith so Michael Ironside was attached um oh to, yeah they, they get very similar roles he was going to be Robocop Michael Ironside was attached to be Robocop at one point point. and yeah, um like him, he was too small
1: Henrikson, him Henriksen how are all very good actors Robocop needs to be I mean for the story to work in my opinion needs to be like a, a frail regular human guy who looks like uh relatable yeah. like weller played villains later in his career and, and, and other in and other times but in the movie, he seems like a, uh, like a very soft, you know what I mean? Like fleshy human trying to do good or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All the other guys look, are dripping with menace.
0: Yes, yes.
1: You know I, what I mean? That's why Hendrickson would have been pretty good as the Terminator, not as like Robocop. He yeah. looks like he murders people for fun.
0: And I, and I think Michael Ironside was a little, little kind of like he was a bigger frame or what have you. So it's like that wouldn't work. He may have been shorter, but a little bit wider. Michael Ironside literally looks like Robocop. Like his skull looks <laughs> like it's made of metal. So ah, like that ah, doesn't ah. work. And he would later be in, uh, what is that? Uh a Starship Trek Yeah. 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 Um, so lastly, um, there are seven actors that have appeared in star trek franchises like kurt smith has been in multiple star trek movies um mm-hmm. ronnie cox uh yep. jones <laughs> Just great ray wise who might be the mvp for me in this movie because he's i think he's coked up the entire movie uh i've gotta be miguel ferrer uh, robert duquay who is also is my number two you know just yeah he's the black uh uh uh, like boss cop archetype that I love I got the commissioner up my ass I was waiting for him to say that and uh Peter Weller uh, appeared in Enterprise and uh, a few other things yeah he shows up in um in Into Darkness he's like the main villain in that I think which I scrubbed from memory but yeah so that's pretty much the trivia stuff so now um and this is the point of the show where we kind of give our kind of like thoughts on favorite scenes lines things like that um what works what doesn't work the one fix and certain observations we've made in the movie so I'm gonna throw it up to you you're a guest so where do you want to start at you want to start observations what works what doesn't work favorite scenes
1: there's a lot of my favorite scene I'll start with favorite scenes there's a lot of little bits in this movie that
0: like (coughs) I
1: remember it as from being a kid watching it so like Mm -hmm. this scene when um Robocop needs to um, Murphy needs to like refix his aim and mm-hmm. his partner's like helping him and like he shoots up the baby food like that image is like so burned in my head I was yeah. like oh my god I knew exactly where that shot was gonna go whatever um, but watching it this time I was like this is like kind of something about like I, we were, were talking about the masculinity side of things like I remember thinking the scene was somewhat sexual because mm-hmm. like there's I mean like it implies that all that's left of RoboCop is like part of his brain and like his face I don't imagine he studs the dick um <laughs> he just he just he just has that gun and like it just something about that scene of him being like my aim is off and she's like helping him and holding oh it God. i was just thinking like i don't know this is weird sorry i'd be like this is really funny it's really funny i remember thinking like something about it like reminded me of like uh like an older man who's a like firm or something and like needs help you know what i mean like th- there's yeah. something about that too where i was like oh yeah like um the gun is like a very centralized, I sound like so fucking like pseudo-electual right now, but like right. the whole time when she was, I was like, that's, that's, it's Paul Verhoeven. That's a penis. I know, I know how this it works. It is All right, that, That's who he is. Um, but there were so many really cool little lines I forgot about or maybe didn't get when I was a kid. So, like, um, when they're like, like, uh, Bodiker's gang, like, robs bakes, and the guy's like, why don't we just keep this money? We stole it. He's like, no, 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 we need to buy Coke to make money off of that. He's like, we already he's like, we already have money. And he's like, what's the better, like, there's no better crime than, like, free enterprise. I was like, yeah. Um, or, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is like, this movie, again, not, not subtle. Um, but then when, uh, the, uh, the, the the dude that gets melted later, I forget his name. Emil, Um, yeah. Yeah, Emil, when he's talking to the guy and he's like smoking, he's like, 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 oh, you things will to kill you. He's like, what, you want to live forever? Like, there's this, there's this like, there's this nihilism that runs through all the characters in the movie because the movie makes it very clear to you that this version of Detroit and like the real version of Detroit, I guess, at the time was so horrible that it's like, yeah, like, who cares if you die? Thank God. (laughs) You should be so fucking lucky, you know? And that, that level of like cynicism and like nihilism and just sort of like uh, kind of charming doomerism is like just all throughout the movie. Like every interaction is someone saying some shit where you're like, that's bleak. That's yeah. fucked up. That's dark.
0: Like even when they come back when the, uh, the one officer was hanging on and the, the, news, the news prompt, it was like, yeah, hang in there, slugger. And I was like, this dude is going to die. What, what are yeah. you saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like there's, there's parts of Robocop that almost seem like Simpsons background gags. Yes.
1: Because like, it's just like, this doesn't seem real, but it's like, we're currently living in a version of uh, earthly reality that is like that, where every day does not feel real. Yeah. It feels like, is this a bit? Is never, <laughs> does everyone else know it's a bit, not me? So like watching RoboCop this time, that's the, the biggest thing that stuck with me was just like, this is one of those movies that doesn't feel uh, real. Like, there's just parts of it that seem, because it's like satire and stuff, but like, yeah. our real life feels like that. Like, any time I watch the news, I'm just kind of like, I look around like, is this like a fucking, am I in a thing? Am I in a
0: thing right now? <laughs> you, you just turn into uh, Ed Harris shit. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. just like, D- yo, yo, what the fuck? I'm in the thing, ain't <laughs> I? Uh, so did you have any more before I threw mine out there? No, I want to hear yours. Uh, so I definitely, I agree with the targeting scene. And I think uh, that's the precursor to my, my favorite one is... Um, the the shootout at, at the mill and he's like looking for me and he starts just blicking off and my man Cox goes down immediately damn it shit
1: looking for me ah. Ah. Ah.
0: Oh. obviously when he uh shoots the rapist in the dick just Mwah. thank you, thank you.
1: <laughs> madam you have suffered an emotional shock I will notify a rape crisis center
0: and beautiful in terms of, uh, the Coke shootout is really good too, because um, Clarence Boddicker is on 11, the entire movie, by the way. Like, I, I have a, 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 a fucking like, cut of all of the things that he says in the movie. Like, when he, he's talking to Sal, and he said, I'm gonna show up so much of this, like, powder up your wap." I was like, what? And he was like, guns, guns, guns! The is the <laughs> the are playing like tonight. <laughs> like a, I don't wanna fuck with you, Sal. But I got the connection. I got the sales organization. I got the muscle to shove enough of this factory so far up your stupid wop ass that you'll shit snow for a year. Frankie, blow this cocksucker's head off. Ooh, guns, guns, guns! Come on, Sal! The Tigers are playing! Tonight! I never miss a game.
1: It sounded sort of like, uh, like a push a T lyric, kind of. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, wow, this man knows how to sell cocaine. You know, bitches yeah, like, leave. I never missed a game. There was like everything. To me, char- characters like that, like, I know how filmmaking works, so I know that a person wrote those things down and then an actor brought them to life. But really good character actors, when they play villains like this, yes. always sound like they just showed up and just said whatever. Yes. Like they told him, like, look, Clarence Boddicker is like a real prick. He's a real motherfucker. He's really unpredictable. And he was like, got it. Leave me alone. I got this. And then just <laughs> just drift. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I want to th- I want to hit the observations real quick because th- th- this is a good segue. Um, so my first observation. <laughs> From a podcasting perspective, am I Clarence Boddicker? Here's the, here's my reasoning. <laughs> I'm, I'm balding. I wear glasses, I like gum, I enjoy baseball, I demand perfection. Only difference is I'm not a snitch. He snitched on Dick.
1: You net you're not a snitch. Uh you're not in bed with any uh corporate interests, to my knowledge. No, I'm not Just... um you're not a to my knowledge, not a murderer. Uh <laughs> I don't I don't know that you've amputated anybody with bullets um uh I, I also think there's a very there's a distinction between like your bald dome and like kurtwood smith's like refusal to acknowledge that his hairline is gone you know what i mean like that he would continue for another like 30 years which is more um, of a heel just, move by the way <laughs> yeah it really is it's just like fuck it, i'm keeping it this is all i got um there's something about that Something about Clarence Boddicker, man. Like, they don't really make villains like that anymore. Like, every now and then you get a pretty good one. But that one was just like, this dude is, like, in a different movie. I mean, like, it, it, it flows with everything. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if they could, there could just be a whole movie of just Clarence Boddicker. Like, if this was today, he would have, like, an AMC spinoff of, like, yeah. oh, here's Clarence Boddicker's arc. Six seasons of how he became, like, this Detroit drug maven. You know what I mean? Boddicker um, origins. Watch I'd watch that
0: all the fuck. Like, come on. I would watch that for ten seasons um who was unluckier in this movie the rapist emil or mr kenny i want to say the rapist because like getting
1: shot in the dick sounds terrible but like you're a rapist so like fuck you but like dude got melted i don't know how like i'm sorry like when i try to think of bad fates i, right. I remember uh, there was a screenwriter i think it's Stuart beady the guy that wrote collateral was saying how like it's not hard to write good villains it's hard to figure out cool satisfying ways to kill good villains because mm-hmm. you could have a crazy cool villain and then it was time to kill him if they fall off a bridge you're like oh okay i needed a better um, death for you <laughs> yeah it's, it makes me think of like when owen Davian in a mission impossible 3 dies it's just philip Summerhoff and gets hit by a car you know like that's it after all that shit, you get hit by a car. So like having that dude get fucking melted, like it tur- like like a fucking candle. Yeah. <laughs> he's just hobbled down. Like, you know what I
0: mean? I was like, yeah, there's no this is not necessary. But also you're like, this uh this does the job. And I then think he that's does- the worst. And he gets exploded by he actually dies from friggin' uh, uh Clarence because he's the one who hits him with the car. Yeah, what's funny is like he's he's kind
1: of begging Ray Weiss's character to kill him. And I like, oh, men- "Fuck away from you!" Like, "Oh my god, bro!" And I'm I like, like Dude. I was like, bro, you have a gun that is like seven feet long, and like apparently explodes whole buildings. Just shoot that man in
0: the face, please. Just I, end his misery." I'm gonna go with Mister Kinney
1: because oh, I feel okay. like
0: he had a bad day at the office. He's like, oh, I'm going to see here. I'm going to be able to flirt with the mail clerk. Oh, shit. Here, take this gun. That's always in the boardroom for some reason, because that's what fucking dick uses later. And it's loaded, by the way. Um, He used this gun. This nigga got blicked off. He got blicked and he turned into tomatoes. (laughs) Yes who was just like well, I can't hear about, him <laughs> my favorite thing about that
1: death is like their like reaction to it. it's like oh god damn it it sounds like <laughs> yes. someone like spilled something like oh fuck you guys killed him I'm you know, very
0: like, disappointed in this dick I was like the fuck
1: <laughs> we just murdered a man a robot <laughs> murdered a man
0: <laughs> uh touchy Kenny is now dead uh because <laughs> you know um also, I, this is an observation I'm, I'm, I'm sure you noticed because there's a, a glut of black folk in this movie and we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, Anne Lewis is a dick watcher. That's what I've noticed. This is what resulted, like when she gets to drop on Joe and he's taking a whiz, she definitely looks down and he slaps her and that's how she falls over. She's not paying attention. No. <laughs> he was like, you mind if I, uh, she was like, you put your hands up, you mind if I finish? And she looks down and he slaps her and she goes toppling over
1: don't be that's a dick deep watcher. Lore. that's deep lore
0: I was like <laughs> but <laughs> it ties back to your it ties back to your Murphy dick gun targeting yeah, there's, situation there's, oh I mean like there
1: are certain filmmakers who are in like the pantheon of like dick cinema you know I mean, there's certain people who just like they make dicks a part of like their
0: their work and like they're like a big one of them you know I, I want dick cinema to be like he actually works at OCP <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in marketing. <laughs> uh <laughs> so I got I got I got a couple more observations uh what was was Joe Cox applying to be a hyena that was the one thing that really his laugh is cringe yeah it's like actually pretty unsettling to be entirely
1: honest which is like right? I think it's good for like a, a Dickie movie laugh you know yeah I want to be like uncomfortable
0: and uh lastly I have as far as the observations uh how bad was Murphy's first day I mean this was his first day in the new <laughs> precinct it's funny because like
1: yeah like his first day is like it like murder to turn into a robot right but like <laughs> um <laughs> it's so funny how that segment of the movie is like how Republicans get like police uh budgets raised every year yes It's literally just the opening of RoboCop. It's just like, there's not enough cars, there's not enough guns. These cops are out here fighting Clarence Boddicker. We got (laughs) to get more money, you know? And it's like... "Eh, Robo-propaganda. That fucking bad, bro. You know what I mean? And like, obviously, I think it works for the movie in the sense that like, the movie is not about how the cops need more help to fight the bad guys. Like That's not what the movie is about, you know? um but rewatching that scene i was like this is so fucking funny like, this is such a like fucking right wing talking point of like yes. look um, man their cars bump against the fucking street when they get out of the garage and f- which, is a, tr-
0: which is a thing that happens in every movie uh yeah also then on the other side of it the, and going with the whole full circleness of it all if we look at robocop's first day he killed he, he shot a rapist in the dick he stopped a store from being robbed and he saved the uh the black mayor you yeah. know in that standoff that was his first he was just knocking down crime i think bob might have been right that you know we're gonna get rid of crime in 40 days
1: well it turns out that if uh cops are just replaced by fucking robots yes uh with with guns for dicks uh and no oversight yeah you could i guess theoretically knock out crime in 40 days you might knock out the populace yes um <laughs> There might not be any live people to commit crime. I guess that counts as a win.
0: So I want to throw this one out there um, as we kind of wrap up in this last segment of what works, what doesn't work and one fix. So I'll throw the one fix out first because it ties with one of the points I was making there as far as like Robocop saving the black mayor. Um, I I think the one fix in this movie, if there was like kind of something that felt glaring was um, and and I I did the research, I was compelled to do the research, right? one good black character. And, and the reason I say this, it's Detroit, and Detroit in 1990. So, you know, I looked at 1980 and 1990. And it's closer to 1990. Uh, the Detroit was 75% black. So to have all of these like the white criminals, and I, and I get it, and I, and I get like the white police and all of that. But a few more like kind of non ancillary, like black folk or what have you like the mayor sure, but he's i forgot he's in the scene i was like oh a black dude and also in that scene where uh they are held hostage the only person that he kills is like the other black guy in the office so you you pay attention to those things and i don't know who the black person would be i mean honorable mention to the chief to to sergeant reed rather but yeah you know he's kind of nullified with joe cox being so sucky (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, and then yeah. I mean
1: yeah, and like the yeah, like the black dude gets killed first in like the big final shootout too
0: um, yeah he't get melted, but he dies first, but he, um, it isn't and there's is no pomp and circumstance with his either his is kind of like if going to the, the thing you were saying earlier like you see everyone gets killed and it's kind of like a thing like they have like a set when you get blicked off his is kind of like in the fray. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah yeah come am out of here man not even anybody but, in the club that 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 uh that ray wise is in that leon is his name by the way which is great yeah. even the club that he's coked out he tries to kick robocop Black-ass in the dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is no black people in there they're playing like goth music and he is coked out of his mind in there yeah there's definitely like a and i mean i feel like this is pretty common like
1: look it's like you can have a movie that's majority white and it's not necessarily considered a white movie like i'm sure mm-hmm. black people love robocop yeah but you cannot have a movie that is like majority black where it does not become a black movie. Right. Like if you remade RoboCop today and you had a bunch of black people, cause it was set like in a city that had a lot of black people in it. Mm-hmm. Like if the new RoboCop took place, like Atlanta or something, or you know, whatever. Ludacris um, in, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh it was God. just like, you know, like whatever, let's say like, that's the, you know, like uh, you have like future or something. I don't know. Um, Like, If you had a bunch of black people in it, the articles would be like, oh, there's like a black spin on RoboCop and it deals with police Mm -hmm. brutality and the specter of, you know what I mean? Like it would go into all that shit, you know? And it's like, no, I mean, just look, there's some cities that just have more of this type of person. And like, you can tell a story that uh, like, obviously, if you made a black RoboCop, it would be difficult to make it and untether all the cop stuff from like Mm -hmm. police brutality issues. Clearly, um. But, you know, I'm saying this like it's like such a far-fetched thing. This is 100% a thing that some guy is, is doing. Like, what if we try RoboCop again, but we make them all black? <laughs> like, Jordan Peele is is ignoring a voicemail right now from someone who's like, what do you think? Black RoboCop. We can really do this. Nope. It's already,
0: starting in this month. <laughs> already,
1: John David Washington wants in on it. You Stop. know what I mean? Uh, we we could fucking make this happen tonight. Uh, <laughs> like, so, I mean. You know, like yeah, I think I think if you wanted to sort of—that's really funny. Well, you said you get a fix. I want to hear your fix before I say anything else.
0: But the, but I think that I think that's the fix. Like bringing in, I, I think maybe one uh, prominent black character or what have you. I, either you recast the Joe Cox or change that character or what have you. It doesn't have to be a villain. Or maybe the drug kingpin instead of being some like ill cast like. Uh, uh fake Italians because I felt like they all were Irish. They all kind of had an Irish vibe to me. That the funniest part when Clarence Bodegrick calls him a WAP, because I was like, this guy
1: I know his name's Sal. Yeah. He's not particularly Italian. Right. He's not even like an Italian adjacent. He's not an Italian ex. You know, like um <laughs> <laughs> there's there there's there's a sense of like I think if you wanted to fix it you just make Uh, Murphy black. I feel like that would. Well, then, okay. If I made the movie, if they were like, you're going to make Robocop today, I would probably try to cast a black guy as Murphy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd actually probably just get John David Washington to just redo his performance of Black Klansman. Because everything about that man embodies I can change this place from the inside. So I like the idea of the place literally physically changing him from the inside and turning him into a fucking robot. Because that's what happens to people that think this is a good job. Um, But I know that if they made it again today, if they had to make someone black, they would just make his partner black. It would just be like one strong black woman who like helps Robocop for like three
0: scenes. That's what I was thinking. She'd be so fucking light-skinned. But you know what it would would look like? Fucking, what is it? It Police Academy? It would be like Police Academy though. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think who the guy would be. It would be the uh, Chris Chalk dude. Because he kind of has the same bone structure as Peter Weller. Yeah, it's pretty similar. Um, Also, going back to your point about if it was set in Atlanta, I just feel like Ann Lewis is played by Jermaine Dupree is like, we're just going to gender swap it (laughs) because it's like you're five foot two. Let's make it happen. That would be really
1: bad if like so you decided to set Robocop in Atlanta. You guys just filled it with musicians like there's a bunch of them
0: down here, bro. Like I love McConan as the villain. Like, what the fuck? the club's going up on a
1: tuesday blam oh man i haven't thought about him in a minute oh my god Uh,
0: um yeah
1: (laughs) yeah but you're right i think that like i think that the the race thing is because it's detroit and it's like i mean i guess you can say that about a lot of movies
0: it can't be motown with like you know like the the bad boys of the pistons in motown and then there's like a few ancillary like blacks here and there. Now, at the same time, and I know it's been a while since you've seen the second one. But the second one has a scene in it. That's so fucking funny. I had to add it to my reel of great moments in black exploitation. Because uh, it's like when they're going to this factory, and it's like black guy at a hot dog stand. And he says like the cops are leaving, they're leaving strike or have you. And he says something that I feel like he was channeling my dad, they better kick somebody's ass that's what the Black dude said. I was like, just someone's uncle was cast. So I think he's trying to fix what I I feel like the movie was lacking. There's sort of, I think there's something, it's like, it's unfortunate
1: that this has to happen. Sure. But I'd sort of prefer it to what normally happens, which is like white TV writers having to like figure out what Black people sound like from like Twitter and getting it wrong or whatever. Um, But I also don't think it should be like an actor's job to like black something up himself or whatever. But I don't know if you've seen Michael Bay's Ambulance. But uh, Wale Wale has like a relatively minor part in the movie. It's like not a big important part at all. And it is pretty clear that all of his stuff is like ad-lib. Like there's just no way they wrote (laughs) Wale. Like it's – his. he takes what is essentially like a completely – unimportant kind of throwaway character who is only features into like one or two key scenes. And he just gives it this whole rich inner life of like, this guy has a whole life outside of this fucking movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he has a whole thing he's doing. And I know all of it is just, it's just Wally like just being, being himself and like kind of trying to make the character like deeper, and more interesting. And like black actors have to do that all the fucking time uh, mm-hmm. in movies. They have to come and like bring their blackness um and I, that scene you're talking about. I imagine that was just like a black character actor who was just like absolutely. I'm going to say this, I'm going to do
0: this. Like, i'm right, Red you know, Fox's cousin you know. cuz he had yeah, that energy. You know? He had that energy.
1: Yeah, you know like for, yeah,
0: exactly. Like that's important that kind of texture and um authenticity. Um so as we wrap up here in this these these last few moments, um I want to talk about what works and what doesn't work. So I'm going to throw out, you know, what I think works and then I, what I think doesn't work and I want to hear your thoughts on it as well. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm gonna start off with what works. I think the score works. The score it gets it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's great. Um, I think Ann Lewis works. Um, the only caveat to that is I think she bonded with Murphy a little too quick because like, again that was his first day, and maybe it's this notion of you're a good cop trying to do good. So, but you know that scene that you're describing with the targeting, it's like yeah, you're gonna help him, but also we haven't had any time to establish it because within the first 20 minutes, dude is gone. But she's trying yeah. to get back her partner who's, that was his first day. They have, it's the cop thing. It's like in a cop movie, it
1: doesn't matter if someone's been your partner for 20 years or five minutes. It's like, that was my partner. Like because. we are hardwired to know that is like, oh shit, that's that's your partner. True, You know, that's my quarterback. You know, that's a, that's a really important Stop. bond. You know what I mean? Like it's, you can't, you can't fight that. So I think uh, it only works because they're both really good actors. I think that's the thing. I think Weller and, and I think they're really good
0: uh as far as the other side of the the, the last part of this column of the the part that works i think the uh, satirical elements namely the uh, the news breaks they they work really well for me um and that that's the the common common theme through each one of the movies and they're pretty they're pretty consistently good um for for what they're aiming to be and it's like the things that i hate about news coverage they really key on it very well um what well, i think that they, d- they brought frank miller in it's a very frank it's very dark knight returns you know what i mean mm-hmm. Yeah, good observation, A. Right, absolutely. Okay. uh, Lastly, uh, I'm going to harp on it again, but you know the Detroit uh, is really is isn't really black in this movie, and that that just doesn't work for me. Um, I mean, at least had somebody wearing a Pistons jersey or something, you know. Um, And lastly, RoboCop visiting his old home, I fucking hated that. I don't know why. It just. Oh, really? it, It just like I get why it's there, and I don't think it should be omitted, but just the way that it is like it may be because I was a kid when I first saw it it's like man can we
1: get back to killing people that was kind of where I was at I, no I actually I actually have a different take on that I don't okay. think I that's probably why you felt that way when you were a kid because yeah. yeah you do want to see Robocop fucking spinning the gun and being cool <laughs> as an adult though it's been how many years do you know how many movies you've seen with that exact fucking scene no you're right you're right Dude, I mean uh-huh. like, I think that that's it, it's that is the only scene in Robocop that feels stale because it's a scene that you just see all the time. Everything else in the movie is kind of its own thing. Like even, like even though tons of sci-fi movies since have have stolen the the point of view of RoboCop waking up and stuff and mm-hmm. seeing everybody as they're working on him, like that's been in a, tons of movies since. And also, it's it's from like a some movies in the '40s as well. Whatever, it's not it's not new. But that doesn't feel stale when you're watching it. That one fucking scene of like the. It's, it's 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 tethered to the idea of like when a, like a wife dies in a movie and they have the like slow-mo uh, her under the sheets like oh i miss i miss you it's oh you're gone and then he wakes up and now he's alone like we've seen that shit so much and it kind of abstracts his family into just being like a loose idea of, mm-hmm. of kinship that you're like okay can you get back to shooting people now <laughs>
0: can you get back to using your enormous dick gun to shoot people it's time <laughs> <laughs> what else do you have that that you think works doesn't work what have you what are your thoughts there oh no
1: i'm, I'm way easier i think everything works in this movie the, okay i don't think anything doesn't work in the movie other than that one scene the mm-hmm. one thing that i say is like the best thing about the movie is this movie is an hour and 40 minutes long uh-huh and that's it and it does the
0: whole fucking shebang mm-hmm. i love it it it, it gets it i love it and i think it knows what it is too and it, it had that you know, going back to the the, the budget and kind of how it went down, it it worked. And I I really would like to see, like, each attempt to try to recreate that has not worked. And, you know, we've had time from it, like, it'll be 30 years since RoboCop three, RoboCop three was 1990, uh, 1993, rather, and it was ass. And they were already kind of shifting to a PG 13. Uh, The prime directives show was not good um that was a one of those Canadian productions is like this doesn't work and it's funny that this this movie despite it not really being geared for kids because it's so violent almost was an x-rated movie they had a cartoon that came out <laughs> like two of them and one was through Marvel it was part of the Marvel action hour in the late 80s yeah the cartoons the toys like because look
1: yeah it's like a dark gritty violent movie about you know, like sort of cyber punky approach to politics and so stuff. It's got a robot. <laughs> 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 Motherfucker's a robot, man. Like, there's just like if you're a corporate or whatever, and they're like, hey, we should make toys about this because like this happens, the guy gets shot in the dick, and they're like, no, no, it's a robot with a gun. Kids are gonna fucking buy. It.
0: <laughs> no, make the toy. It's it's akin to I don't know if you watched the toys that made us, but it's akin to the the story around He-Man, and they he were like, it's not the scale, the lo- the tiger's too big, and He-Man's too small. Fuck it, put a sa- put a saddle on to make it happen. Do it. I don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, like who gives a shit, dude? Like, come the fuck yeah the logic of toys is not the logic of of, of storytelling or real life it's toys the kids are gonna play make-believe with it
0: so i think i think that's a good spot for us um to yeah. to, to close on um so uh i guess i'll th- I'll throw it out there um watch this movie if you haven't seen it it's, it's great um definitely check it out and uh so you know thumbs up or whatever dick guns up i don't know um sorry i think the best i'm sorry the, the best fucking way to tell people they need see robocop like thumbs up or whatever Fucking robocop do it <laughs> um where can he find you at where can he check you out online uh i'm on you can follow me on twitter at uh, all
1: new dom uh i don't tweet as much as i used to because uh, for my my sanity um but uh i guess the main place to find me is on youtube i have a youtube channel the Armchair Auteur uh i do movie reviews video essays and stuff i've been on sort of an accidental prolonged hiatus but i will be back posting new reviews very soon um so yeah that's like usually the easiest place to find me and where all my stuff is
0: yeah um so yeah you know subscribe to this podcast uh let's watch it again on all the, the places and for again the the super talented dom griffin thank you again sir for coming on today. thank this you has man been great and uh, i'm gonna wrap up so um, keep watching those movies folks namely you know check out robocop